Are you a Jedi? I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Simple Man Podcast. My name is Brody. Today we are covering episodes four and five of the Book of mm-hmm. Boba Fett. And we are also joined by my good buddy Josiah from the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm going to be the only one on this stream, on this uh, series, to do a little double dip on the uh, episode. So I'm excited. That's right. That's right. Awesome. I'm excited for you to be here. Um, Josiah, you've got your own podcast, Chiss Ascendancy Podcast, which I was actually on uh, one yep. time. We actually talked about Book of Boba Fett, I think, episode two. or Yeah. Yeah, we we uh, uh, I've got a wife and three kids, and it was funny because I was like, "Hey, I can hear my kids fight, and we got to go." But we could have <laughs> talked for like three hours. It could have been like a full on Joe Rogan episode about know, episode right? two of Book of Boba Fett. I know for real. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. So definitely, you guys go check out his podcast. Um, I always, you know, I like to have people on the podcast who sort of have that same opinion, not opinion, but the same outlook on star Wars as I do, you know, just the appreciation factors, the just wanting to have fun with it. And you definitely sort of exude that. So I I appreciate that about your content, about your podcast. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We're uh, we um, obviously like, we're not, I don't know what people, I guess would call shills, but uh, (laughs) like, I know there's some people that we're shills, dude, we are shills. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's people out there that like, no matter what happens, they talk about how much they love it. And I'll tell you if there's something in star Wars, I don't like, but I think that we're so used to uh, the news around us being so negative, especially in the last like two or three years. Um, And so I think it's easy to have like a negative spin on everything Star Wars, but yeah. there's so much to love, especially about how much content we're getting right now. So that's definitely the route I choose to take. And uh, it's definitely the funner route for sure. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think it, I mean, to me, there's just no other way to go about it. Like you said, you cannot like stuff and you can be even upset at something specific, but I mean, I'm not here to tear it down and, you know, call out the negative in a sense and make other people think about the negative. I just like to have fun. And, you know, I I do appreciate that about your content. So I'm excited to talk um, Boba with you again and dive into some, some different episodes here, but before we get into like the specific episodes, what did you think just overall about the book of Boba Fett as the series ended and, you know, Mm. all seven episodes were over. I would say as a whole, no bosk i give it zero out of ten (laughs) (laughs) no no bro i was and and the other thing that was so funny was i feel like whenever you are a fan that like reads the books reads like every wednesday bro i am not being sarcastic when i tell you i sit down on my work desk on a wednesday morning and it's kind of like early, like it's nine o'clock. So people are kind of just coming in every you know couple of minutes mm-hmm. and before the work really starts. I open up my Marvel app and I'm like, so today let's see what I'm buying. Cause I'm like every week I'm making sure I'm up to date on the Marvel stuff. So when you have that like desire to have that depth of star Wars, I think that sometimes I set myself up for failure. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I know that you probably feel this way too, but you watch the shows and you're like, Oh, I know where they're going with this yeah. because mm-hmm. you have a, probably a deeper knowledge than the average fan. And 
I don't know if we need to like have a secondary like Star Wars streaming service where they just put out hardcore like deep dive material. I'll pay it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, overall, I would say it was very different than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it is. I do think that it's more um, than people give it credit for. And I guess what I mean by that is um, Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett. Right. And we have pretty much. Mm-hmm really no clue who Django is because we see him for like two seconds in attack of the clones. And he's right. always on the defensive, like right. Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up and you're like, Oh, this guy's a total jerk because right. of course he's a total jerk. He's defensive. His freaking, you got paid enough money to retire forever. And the one thing you wanted was a son. And then you got a guy, the Jedi who are the freaking enemies of the Mandalorians. And you got a guy coming here and questioning me like we're on cops and my son's in the room. Like, of course, he's going to be a douche. But um, so overall, that's a father's point of view right there. That's that's. Oh, dude, if somebody comes to my front door right now, like (laughs) I have no problem. I don't want to say anything on the air that's going to get me in trouble with the police or nothing, but I would take care of business. okay? Um, but I would say that we got so little of Django. But when you look at the Clone Wars, the clones are so kind at heart. Mm-hmm. that's their base nature so one of your follow-up questions i think i've been catching up and listening to the podcast as you've been putting them out is did boba fett go soft yeah. and i would say i think that he he showed his true self i think that he was being tough throughout this other part of his career and i know that he's done some bad crap and he's you know he's obviously a hardened individual but i think the falling back into who he was because of his father and the survival with the Tuscans in a secondary family made him fall back into the natural state of who Django Fett was at heart. Because a guy that's a total like, you know, white and black, all I'm here for is money and to kill people. That guy doesn't want a son. That's not something that he's interested in. Exactly. And um, we know that's that's a really good point. That's actually a really good point. You know what I'm saying? Like if Django Fett was a hardcore dude, he wouldn't he wouldn't have wanted a son that makes zero sense yeah and i mean he did i mean i I know there's some different lore just you know from legends and everything but he does get kind of coaxed into the whole you know being a part of count dooku's plan a little bit and being the uh clone template i mean he did kind of get sucked into the clone war beginning a little bit you know i mean he just didn't make it out you know he just got he just got killed yeah what's really weird about the whole jango fett plot um, and we don't have to get too deep into this because I could do a whole Jingo episode, but <laughs> what's real weird about the Jango Fett plot is he's hired by Tyrannus, which is Dooku, right, to be the clone template. And I guess he knows that they're gonna be on the opposite side of the war from him. I don't know. It's just a weird that's a weird thing. You know what I mean? He does he does conveniently die right before the clones show up? Like, what if, because obviously there's like the memes and TikTok and stuff out there that's like, if he had survived or beaten Mace Windu, right, he would have ended up having to kill clones of himself, right, like 30 seconds later, right. So that's weird. Um, I, I definitely, at, yeah, yeah, you, I, I definitely the, don't think he knew the whole plan, you know, he, no, he that's had to I be think. clued think, in, but I think as the viewer, we're out of that fourth wall yeah. and we're, we think every movie's like Deadpool where he's also aware, right, and that's not the case. I think. Obviously, Jango Fett's an amazing, amazing bounty hunter, amazing fighter, whatever. One of the most dangerous men in the galaxy. Um, But I don't think that he's like we have to realize Sidious is going to let as few people into the inner web as he possibly can. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As far as, as far as like the Nymoidians know, Sidious is not anything related to Dooku because mm-hmm. otherwise it doesn't make sense for the, uh, the, the Confederation of Independent Systems to align with Dooku because they just got screwed on Naboo by Sidious. So I think right. that yeah. Django didn't know as much as we, we try to impose on him when we're watching Attack of the Clones. I say all that to say he's a good guy at heart. And we know that <laughs> because when we're watching the Bad Batch, who's the one that we're like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. He's crosshair. Yeah, crosshair, yeah. Who's the butthole, right? So yeah. like <laughs> we naturally assume that all the clones are like Wrecker. All the clones are like Hunter. So right. And that's the same exact DNA as Boba Fett. So I think he has a caring personality at heart and he's on purpose um, demoted that in his subconscious to survive. And so I think that um, to be tenderhearted is not a flaw. And that's what we saw in Boba Fett. I think, um, yeah, I I think I would have loved to see him avenge the Tuscans more. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he, he definitely tried in a sense, but no, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and you brought up some really, really good points about Django there that I hadn't really thought of. Um, in the sense of Django is a good guy, and I, or at least has an honorable heart in a sense. Um, and yeah, we just don't get to see a lot of that. And this is sort of that continuation in a sense and Boba going back to those roots that he did know about his dad. So yeah, right, that's right. a really interesting point. I really like that. So let's get into episode four, The Gathering Storm. Um, For sure. This was an interesting one. I think this one's probably on the bottom of the list for me. And okay. just overall, I think. I'm going to pull up the, the episode m- list just so I can look at them. <laughs> this one was like, in a sense, the most forgettable, but it, it does have some like mm. really, really great parts that really fire me up. So right. the, the episode starts out. Um, Boba is kind of on his own at this point. You know, he's moved past the Tusken Raiders. He's on Tatooine, sort of just wandering around and um, realizes, you know, I got to go back and get my ship. So he goes, mm-hmm. checks out uh, Jabba's, I guess it's Bibb's palace at that point. Bibb's palace and uh, sees that they've still got Slave One. He's going to do something about it, right? So he's um, he's checking that out. All of a sudden, he sees the flares go up in the sky um, Mm -hmm. as he's, you know, kind of chilling at his campsite, which I thought was a really cool way to mash that in, like, right in those events of Mando. Yeah, I think Um, it does a good job clearing up a little bit of the timeline because that was some of the big questions we all had was like, was he in the Starlight for five years? Was he with the Tuscans for five years? Like, what's the time gap there? But I think that does a great job of showing us where on the timeline, according to the Mandalorian, we are. Right. No, I agree. And I, I mean, I thought it was just really cool in general how we we get to see it from that angle, like from Boba's exact point of view. And it's the right. same thing that we see in Mando. And, you know, there is that little tease that somebody comes and finds Fennec at the end of that episode in Mando season one. Oh, and, did you know it was Boba then? I mean, yeah, I had an assumption just based on the sound and everything. But after Boba was in... Um, I I guess I would say I don't know. Boba season two of Mando. I don't know. The outfit was different. The the if you stop and look, it actually looks like Mando's outfit. That's yeah, because right you have the the long the long cape and the more the more like slender brown, style boots. Yeah, yeah. Versus the, boots, the Tuscan yeah. get up. 
So I, uh, I thought it was him. And I thought the same thing. I thought either this is like a really hardcore tease and I'm going to be pissed or yeah. this is my guy because, um, again, it's like really ridiculous how many like patterns I see and things like that. Even yeah. when I'm like driving down the road, I'm like, Oh, look, that looks like a, that looks an ATST. I, and I just <laughs> see things like that all the time. Yeah. And the silhouettes. I think that, yeah. Oh, dude, like all the time I'm thinking of that looks like Star Wars or that would be somewhere pl- fun to play disc golf. That's like the two things that are constantly <laughs> in my mind. Um, but whenever you hear the radio chatter sound, that's 100 percent Boba's mm-hmm. like there's things like that going on. I want to say it's when he's like when he's about to follow the Millennium Falcon out of the trash heap and he's yep. like putting up his rangefinder or whatever mm-hmm. um, in the cockpit of Slave One uh, that and the spurs the spurs yeah which is weird because whenever i was like oh that's gotta be boba fett because the spurs but then if you think about it the very first scene we see the mandalorian when he's walking up in episode one of mando he has the spurs sound too yeah so i was like man my hopes my hopes were very up i and and something i say uh, often on my podcast is if such and such happens i'm taking my shirt off and so (laughs) somewhere on my instagram feed when Tamora Morrison was confirmed for Mandalorian season two, I took a picture with my shirt off and I was like, if you're seeing this, it's because Boba Fett's coming back. So I was pretty <laughs> excited. Um, but yeah, it was to me, it was so weird. The The one thing that was weird at the beginning of this episode was um, and I can't, somebody says this later, but I, maybe it's Finnick, but um, he's like, you know, my starship still in at a uh, Jabba's palace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him, I can't remember who it was, but somebody says, why didn't you just go ask for it? And I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know. I think that he was just, he needed to be mad at somebody because yeah. he's like, I'm going to go kill that fat sack of crap. He left me for dead. And I'm like, yeah. he left everybody for dead. You guys blew up and fell into a Sarlacc. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I feel I, everybody hates Bib Fortuna, but I thought it was, dude, I uh, love Bib Fortuna. <laughs> dude. I was in a group chat back in like 2015 before we knew who Snoke was. And the group chat was called Bib Fortuna is Snoke. And because uh, I'm down was. for that theory. Um, but I would say that um, it was a really interesting episode. And uh, it was it did feel like there were a few standout moments that I was like, oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anything that I was like this really I guess it did set up finnick and boba's relationship yeah but their relationship was so strange throughout the whole show like she was okay i think that to a lesser degree uh ming na wen got the john boyega treatment where she was in all this merchandising and then we didn't really get that much from her and the most we got from her as far as initiative wise or as an assassin was when she killed all the crime bosses in the finale Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that was her place to do that. I was like, yeah. why isn't Boba Fett the one killing these guys? And I have a whole theory about that, but I'll leave that for the review episode for whoever's doing the finale. But um, <laughs> well, no, dude, I agree. I think um, I I actually just did a, a post on Instagram where I said the five best characters in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And Fennec wasn't on there. I mean, she. Right. I, I just and personally that's not you, felt that's like not she you was lackluster. Yeah, yeah. That's not you being rude. That's just like the facts of the facts. Like, you know, if you if you would have put like Finn's not important in, you know, the rise of Skywalker, or the last Jedi, like um, I guess the last Jedi. I mean, he he has important roles. Yeah. Technically, you speaking, just don't like him. <laughs> but like, it's just it's it's not 
it's not what John Boyega thought they were going to be when they was yeah. pitched to him. And that's the yeah. suckiest part. But yeah. um, I thought that Ming-Na Wen did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I think that – and she's going to get to do more Star Wars. Like, there's a chance yeah. that she's probably going to show up in more Bad Batch. Um, I can see her showing up in Mandalorian or if there's another Book of Boba Fett season two, fingers crossed, we get an announcement mm-hmm. at Celebration or something. That's right. Um, but I do think that she was like um, – I don't know – the Han Luke Leia trifecta is lightning in a bottle, dude. It's so hard to have two or three characters that all get the same love. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think she was, and like even her time on screen felt different than her time on screen in every other Star Wars she's been in. Like she's super sweet and loving and protective of Omega in the Bad Batch. Yeah. And then she's like every Cold-blooded time Boba Fett, killer, yeah. Yeah, every anytime Boba Fett like has to go to the bathroom, she's like, "You want me to kill somebody on the way?" Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Yeah, but I thought she it, did. It she was felt, cool. Yeah, it, it to me it felt a little forced, like just in the sense that you know they did set up this Boba and Fennec duo dynamic, but they wanted to focus on Boba so much, obviously, and mm-hmm. a lot of the supporting stuff that can be around that. And Fennec definitely did get lost a little bit in the shuffle. But I, that being said. I do think that this is probably the best episode in terms of their dynamic. Yeah, and I do 100% see them, agree. Yeah, we do see them in the palace, you know, having a little camaraderie. It's a it's a comic, I wouldn't say comic relief, but the you know, there's these goofy droids. They're mm-hmm. it's this sort of like Tom and Jerry type, you know. Yeah, it's uh, funny scene. because Boba Fett, like, okay, so I live in Texas, right? So mm-hmm. midnight, um, mid or uh midnight for what what time did you have to stay up till to watch boba fett midnight yeah okay so for me i was waking up at like 2 a.m every week mm, yeah and so <laughs> i put my kids to bed and i go to bed and i set my alarm and i'm dude i'm talking about i'm a diehard boba fett fan okay like yeah. literally one of one of the interns that i work with at my job um I drew Boba Fett with a skull in his helmet when I was like in high school. And I found this journal from like years ago and I was, he's an artistic kind of guy. And I was like, wow, look at this. And he actually painted this for me. Wow. That's uh, sick. With the Boba Fett. But look, yeah. I have a freaking cloud city Boba Fett. Lego <laughs> tattoo on my Dude, bicep, I love dog. that. I love that. So like I'm a hardcore Boba Fett fan. Right. Yeah. And so every, every Wednesday I'm like 2 AM. I could give a crap. Like I'm going to watch this. And it was like, there was a part that I rolled my eyes, but looking back on it, it's kind of silly. But like when he grabs the Lepi droid and he's yeah. like, no, I am. I'm Boba Fett. I was just like, what are you talking about, bro? Who are you talking to? Yeah. And the droid was like, me? Like, what? I don't know. That was just so like, I don't know. That was so like random. Yeah. It's just so, there was so these... different from the Mandalorian style Boba Fett. There was these little goofy parts that I think they tried to make the series you know, the tone could have been really serious and really sort of dry, I think. So they did try and give these comedic points and right. I, you know, like, yeah, it is a little corny, but I think there's always been these moments sort of like that in star Wars that you're kind of like, this is just goofy for no reason, but that's kind of the point. And I do, I do really like Fennec and Boba when they get in that uh, sort of back and forth with each other and they're, uh, you know, like kind of like husband and wife a little bit, you know, yeah. or 
they have that she's, banter. Yeah, she's definitely like in this episode, especially when they're getting in, she's the lowest to his Peter Griffin, you know, exactly. like exactly. I can totally see them doing like, you know, obviously it's different because Disney has the license now, but imagine they do another like family guy, star Wars. Yeah. And freaking obviously it couldn't be the chicken this time, but if Peter was Boba Fett, he's like, you know who I am? I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> like, I mean, so like it's, and she looks at him and she's like, are you done? I don't know. It's just, yeah. but that's as a married guy, that's life. Like, you know, you look at, I don't know. It's just like, if I'm going to have a long day and I need to like, you know, uh, put some baby powder, you know, so I don't chafe the whole day. My wife walks in, she's going to look at me and be like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah, she's just, <laughs> that's the wife's relationship to the husband. So it is funny. They have that relationship. 100%. Um, the coolest line. Okay. So obviously you have like, I'm a giant seismic charge fan. So seeing the seismic charge being used on the Sarlacc was, was cool. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, for instance, like Boba Fett not being able to touch the button that gets them out of that, that releases the seismic yeah. charge. Uh-huh. And then she does it and he goes, don't touch my buttons. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And then um, but the coolest line that's that develops Boba's character more, which ultimately is the goal of this show, was when she says the Tuscans made you soft. Right. And he says, no, they made me strong. Right. Um, that was a really cool moment. And those are the moments that I wish. Um, would have been capitalized on those are the moments that i was like uh i don't know there's parts of me that if there's uh there's so much that could be made out of a boba fett season two if they decide to do that yeah um you know i honestly could have lived with just like him being a tuscan and we just watch him do tuscan stuff for the next five episodes after episode two (laughs) um but that was yeah, they, that was definitely the hardest to me. That was the hardest loss of the whole series was not just the Tuscans in and of themselves because I'm a giant Tuscan fan, um, but to me it was the the loss of that family that he had. I thought was really pulling the best out of him. Yeah, and but they're also a really qualified military style community, right? Um, and and just their their uh, their disciplines and like how they can fight and things. So. I thought they were so, and I did a video on this because I did leading up to the book of Boba, I did 30 days of Boba Fett and I did a Boba Fett video every day. Yeah. Sometimes there were five minutes, sometimes there were 20 minutes. And one of the questions I asked was based on his outfit in the Mandalorian and all these other things and based on different ideas from the past, um, could the Tusken Raiders assist Boba? And I think it wasn't a mistake to have the emotional hurt of the Tuscans dying I wish they would have done that with like the chief or like maybe yeah. half the tribe survive. Yeah. Cause to have the Tuscans alongside Boba, like the Ewok style episode six overthrow, but yeah. with Tuscans and Boba yeah. Fett against the Pike syndicate on right. Tatooine would have been chef's kiss. Yeah, dude, I, I 100% agree. And I thought at least one of them would survive the, the yeah. warrior girl, the, typi- the typical, you don't see a body. She's not dead type of thing. Yeah, I know. But I, that does add to sort of the impact that, you know, Boba the, yeah, continues the, the on. Yeah. Yeah. He continues on with that same sort of honor that he learned from the Tuscans and that he valued with them. And, you know, right. He continues that on with his own tribe. And I do like that aspect. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really love the Tuscans and for them to be such an integral part of the story. I mean, it was so sick, man. I, yeah. And just the like, fact that you can sit there through episodes with them going like, and it yeah. just makes sense. And it's oh awesome. My gosh. Like, and, and like some of their um, specifically in the Mandalorian, 
um, some of the best parts about Star Wars is the music. Yeah. And the one, that mm-hmm. theme from the Mandalorian when they're getting together to kill the trade dragon, uh, the crate dragon. Yeah. Um, I could have done with so much Boba Fett theme meets Tuscan type, entire type yeah. of track or whatever. Um, I could have done that for seven episodes. Um, and I know like it's supposed to move the story along, but my personal, obviously my personal preference would have yeah. been more Tuscan Keep stuff. Around. Yeah. Um, like I understand that the mods were not a huge fan favorite. Um, I'm not, I don't have an issue with the mods because that's a, that's a thing throughout star Wars is like people who get modifications, uh, people who don't really read the comics. Like Valance is one of the main bounty hunters from the comics. And yeah. he's this giant cyborg, like, um, things like that, obviously mm-hmm. freaking grievous Vader. Like these guys have been around for a million years and they're cyborgs. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was the, I think it was their, bikes that was the annoyance because they should have been dirtier but mods yeah. like that's they religiously like yeah that's their thing they'll skip they'll be... skip a bath to yeah, watch the car exactly. type of thing or the bike exactly um but all that to say if we could have replaced the mods with the tuscans i would have been a fan there you go yeah or i mean bosk <laughs> dude I... I think yeah like imagine it would have been really cool to have a moment where another way that you can assert Boba Fett as a dominant character is um, that moment where like Chrysanthemum attacks him. They give to him to Boba basically as a slave and he's like, no hot feelings. Yeah. And lets exactly. him go, you know? Um, and that's an assertment of dominance. Like I don't have to be your slave master to let you know, I'm the bigger man. Exactly. Go on your way. Another way they could have really asserted his dominance as a character, because we're finally getting to see this guy on screen that those of us who are hardcore fans have been reading about in comics and books for years. And you have the average fan that's like, he screamed and then fell into the Sarlacc. And I'm like, but let me show you this legacy of the Force series. Yeah. And like, (laughs) so we're finally getting to get that character, a way to establish him as like a strong, like, you know, I know you always say the word alpha, like an alpha male type character (laughs) uh, would have been if Bosk and Kirstanton are on screen together and they're like going to be at each other's throats because yeah. they're those two species have history. If Boba's like, Hey, like I got two, I have two pit bulls. And we first, when we first brought the second one in, they would nip at each other. And yeah. I finally had to be like, listen, I'm in charge. Y'all stop. Like, cause they were going to end up killing each other, but um, it would have been cool to have him establish like, look, we're past that time. Like this has been in your evolution for thousands of years, but if we're going to survive, we have to survive together. together. Yeah. And it's similar. He said something similar to that to Finnick. Um, There were so many one liners that I was like, yes. And more of this, like yeah. he talks to Finnick about like how many of us could have survived if we weren't doing some other guys errands. Right. And I was like, yeah, you should bring those guys in. You should like talk to Bosk and Dengar. Exactly. And uh, so it would have been cool to have those, those characters all together. There could have been a way um, maybe they wanted to bring in new characters. Obviously like Disney is really big on that. And I, and I understand that because you're establishing more licenses and stuff and it's all a business. Right. But yeah, it would have been really sick. Like the crew we got with like, that was defending against the pikes. If it was like a cad Bane would be irrelevant. If it was a whole tribe of Tuscans and Black Kersantan and Bosk and Boba and the Mandalorian and Finnick Shand, yeah. versus I don't give a crap. That's a roster. Give, dude, who gives a freak? 
yeah i could care less but yeah i digress no dude that's that's a great point i mean i was definitely expecting bosk but you know we we did get what we get and we don't throw a fit but <laughs> it would be funny get... to see boss come in and like pimp slap one of the like the weaker trandoshans yeah like, or he could have said something funny, like never trust a, a lizard with five claws or something like yeah. that. Cause the Trandoshans had like freaking five digits, but Bosco only has those three. three huge claws. Yeah. Yeah. That'd have been cool. Well, maybe season two. I don't know. Bro. Come on. There's gotta be a season two. There's gotta be. There's so much left. And I think Cobb Vance obviously is going to survive. There's rumors that he's going to get Cad Bane's like get up, like his jacket and hat and stuff. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. That's what I've heard. That would be um, interesting. I don't want him to have the jacket. I don't want him to have like, here's Cobb Vance, but a white guy. Like, I don't want yeah, that. I, yeah. I want the hat because he's a cowboy, but yeah, he has a cool outfit already. With the I cool like the red. Shirt. I like the red. Yeah. The red shirt's freaking sick. Yeah. Um, But I think one thing that was in the finale, I don't want to step too much on the finale's toes because I know there's somebody else coming to record, but um, when he was like, I'm not cut out for this, when he was doing all the smiling and waving, and mm-hmm. I wonder if Cobb Vance will – He's the marshal of Freetown. If it'll expand to also Mos Pelgo, since well, the people, yeah, uh, I, I, or I uh, do sorry, think, Mos yeah, Mos Espa. yeah, I do think Cobb's got to be involved greater on Tatooine because he's such a good leader, and that's where they're taking right. that character. And, and maybe that I frees mean, up Boba to go do other things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, I definitely think Cobb is going to be like a much bigger part of the story going forward. He's not going to be a side character any anymore. I hope he's going to so. be like in the story. So, and maybe they'll do, um, I don't know if they'll do a whole show, but you know, the Rangers of the new Republic was supposed to be. Yeah. A thing. Um, oh, and like, I don't know if you did a Rangers, like a, a Walker, Texas Rangers style, but with Cobb Vanth. Yeah. That'd be sick. That would be so be sick. sick. <laughs> and, I, and like, I like the character character and I don't know enough about the whole Gina Carano situation to speak on. I just know that, you know, she's not really around anymore, but I do think even if she was a model Disney employee, I don't think she has very strong acting skills. No. And if I'm being I, I, pers- I was surprised that she was in the Mandalorian to be completely honest. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I also just think even Cara Dune as a character, like I didn't even really like, maybe it was like the acting and yeah, just didn't even really like her all all that much i feel like she's a placeholder kind of she's an mma fighter so i understand the fighting chops that she brings to the character which is which is dope she was a very high level i'm a huge mma fan she's very very high level fighter but that's the character that you use when you have george st pierre versus captain america like have her do something cool yeah and it's like oh that was gina carano that's cool like yeah put her in call of duty with conor mcgregor like she doesn't to me the acting was not there and you have brendan wayne who's like acting his butt off underneath the whole freaking helmet yep. and then across from him care dune's like so mandalorian huh and i'm like what the frick when were they hiring randos <laughs> like i'll fly to freaking la right now and be in the show I so know, i think that cobb vanth would be a great replacement to be that character Crazy, and i think that the yeah. character in and of itself deserves so much love Coming mm-hmm. from the books, that's really cool. As a reader, it's really cool that he's going to get a bigger and bigger stage. That was the big payoff with Chrysanthemum. Um, so right. now I'm like, 
Are we going to see Mr. Bones? I don't know. It'd be cool. <laughs> Dude, Mr. Bones would be sick. I mean, I've been playing with him in Lego Star Wars. So. Bro, he's freaking... Or Jackson. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jackson, I'll do a whole podcast Jackson's with you. like a fantasy character almost. He's like... It, he's weird. Bro, I will do a whole show with you with my shirt off if Jackson shows up on live screen. I am not <laughs> even kidding. You guys heard it. It's right, recorded. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold you to that for sure, man. Deal. So we do see... Um, so we, we do get into a couple like really cool scenes, Boba and Fennec taking out the Nikto riders. Um, yeah. That scene was so cool, man. The, the view of his face when he's just. Bah, 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 bah. Dude, I wanted more of that face. I wanted yeah. more of like, that was definitely um, obviously it's a callback to Timur Morrison as Django Fett in the asteroid field where he's just right. like, get him dad get him and yeah. he's like that would have been sick um and i wanted more of that like these guys got what they deserved you want to hear a crazy theory i have mm. okay i really think that fennec shan killed the tuscans fennec shan because why else would she be on tatooine for the mandalorian Ooh. high level get in there and get out assassin hired by the pike syndicate that's true. There was, was there a reason she was on Tatooine? Also, why was she the one to kill the Pike Syndicate leadership in the finale? I'm not trying to get into it, bro, because I know you're going to do a review about the finale, oh, but that's my feeling. I'm going to have to write it down. I won't steal it, but that's that's a good theory, dude. That's a good theory. Because it makes sense. Why would th- There's nothing. They make a huge point in that episode of Mandalorian to show you that Tatooine's a... Like it's not Jabba's Tatooine anymore. You go into the cantina and there's nobody there. Literally, Wu Her is dead. There's a droid serving nobody at the bar, and Anakin Skywalker mixed with Han Solo is the deadliest bounty hunter on Tatooine at the time before the Mandalorian gets literally, there. Literally, dude. Literally. Why Man, is Finnick Shan on Tatooine? That is a good theory. Um, I'm just saying <clears throat> Boba Fett season two. It, it would it would definitely be a like a mix up of things and a test for him, you know, to see you know Bro. truly where you know that honor comes from and if she has paid her dues in a sense. And also that would also kind of when she's sitting there and she's about to tell him, you know, I'll, I'll stick around for a little bit at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Is that because she feels bad? You know, wow, that's right. a really good theory. But dude. think about that's this: really like theory. there was a bounty on Phoenix Shand. That's true. Why is there a bounty on you know why? Because she's Lee Harvey Oswald. That's true. She took out JFK and then someone's got to take her out. And it's just they're just gonna cover their tracks. That's just my thought. I could be wrong, but it makes a lot of sense. That's definitely interesting. We'll have to talk about that uh on a whole we'll have to do like a theory podcast where we just come up with some theories for the next couple get, seasons. Yeah, get theory on here. He'll know. Oh, yeah, right. He he is the he is all the theories, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> He'll hire a whole freaking actor to do a video about it. I know, right? Well, we see, we do see that. I love that scene. That's probably one of the most memorable scenes for me in the whole season, just because of the, obviously it it wasn't the the bikers, but we see that revenge and we see that finally just like him letting it go. And he's trying to be a good person, but he just like lets it go for a little bit. Just one more, yeah. Just the red flashing on his face and you can see, oh man. Yeah, Such a good it. the way that's framed, and you see Slave One coming, you know, back into the into the frame, and just I I, I can't get that scene out of my head, pretty much. Yeah. And then we I love and then it. he we take it to the Sarlacc, and he gets revenge on the Sarlacc, which is really funny. And I think uh, 
was an interesting scene, kind of goofy in a sense, mm-hmm. but I liked it. I thought it was a really cool way for him to like put that behind him, you know? Yeah. I Have you seen the memes about uh, it's proof that Lando's the strongest being in the galaxy? Oh yeah. That... Cause he, he <laughs> didn't get pulled in. He yeah. couldn't get pulled in, but the whole slave one got pulled in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And I thought that um, I thought that it was very interesting it was uh, it was real interesting that he. I guess you could probably have amnesia and things like that from such a traumatic experience, but in episode one, his armor he still has it on and it's taken by the Jawas. Right. And uh, dude, what a turn of events! We all thought Jawas were like the cute, cuddly, innocent creatures, and the Tuscans were like these native savages. Yeah. And when you played Battlefront two in two thousand five, you're like, I'm playing as the Jawas because the Tuscans are idiots, and I hate right. them. Yeah. And now it t- turns out the Jawas are like the evil ones and the Tuscans are innocent. They're greedy little suckers. Dude, yeah. Right. Little rats. But um, yeah. yeah, when he was down, down freaking in there, that was wild. I, I wish we would have, this episode would have been a great episode to spend because there's no time limit. They're yeah. on Disney plus. Exactly. I would have loved for him to um, whether this episode or whatever, next episode, wherever it needs to fit in the timeline, I would have really liked to see um, the moment where he tracks, like, how does he find out Cobb Vanth has the armor? How does he find out the Mandalorian takes the armor? Or like, right. I would have liked to have seen more of that, the way that they showed us how he met Fennec Shand. No, I, I, I do agree. There's, there's definitely some details that were missed, like throughout the whole series. They, they just, they always try and tell so much in such a short time, you know? Yeah. And, they they did pull it off, but I mean, you you do miss a lot of those little details, which would be really nice to see. But yeah, I do want to get through episode four so we can talk episode five. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But sure. um, we do see that really cool scene at the end with Black Crescenton, and he's sitting there getting drunk at, in the cantina. And oh man, takes out some Trandoshans, and that was just such a cool like lore sort of thing for oh you yeah, know, like book fans and comic fans that. You know, a regular fan wouldn't really know the Wookiee Trandoshan rivalry in a sense. Right. Yeah, we get to see him just like getting angry, sitting there, seeing them have fun. And yeah, I, I think it was it's so funny that like, dude, we've all been at like a hangout or at a freaking party or a daggum chilies or something. Yep. And our ex walks in and we're like, what the frick did they have to show up for? Yeah. yeah. Like I literally remember I was in college and I just was hungry and I didn't have any groceries. And I was like, yo, I'm going to make a run to Walmart. You want to come with? And me and a buddy were at Walmart and I'm it's I'm in college. Right. So I'm literally like, all right, this whole pallet of ramen will cost me four dollars. And so I'm getting my 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 food. And I go to check out and my ex-girlfriend's there. And I'm like, what the freak are you even doing here? You don't even live on the side of town. Why are you <laughs> in my area? And that's Kersantan, dude. He's like just having a good time, throwing some back, playing some, you know, assuming we're playing some Savak or something. And these daggum Trandoshans are having way too much fun. I love that them enjoying themselves. They didn't even do anything to yeah, them. Yeah, they literally did just, not do anything. <laughs> them just being like, hey, nice, four of a kind. He's like, yeah, F these yeah. guys. <laughs> he just gets up and freaking. <laughs> and he just had sick. to do something about it. He just yeah. had to. And, and we do see Garza, who, rest in peace. She's a baddie, but she's gone. But she, uh, she tries to calm him down and whatnot, and it doesn't work. And he, he goes ahead and uh, annihilates that poor Trandoshan guy. It shows that he's a man of principle. That's what that he is. He's not going to, he's not going to st- step down just because I don't care how hot you him. are under those yeah. head tails. 
You're not going to distract me. You're not going to distract me here from what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's cool because, um, you know, Chewbacca from 1977, Han Solo's like, don't piss him off. Yeah. Tear your arms off. Yeah. And uh, and there was a deleted scene from The Force Awakens where Mm -hmm. Uncar Pleb makes it all the way to Taco Donna. Yep. Um, which what a dumb trip to make it all that way just because you're mad, but whatever. Um. And then they actually filmed or like had like storyboards of him yeah. ripping off Uncar Plutt's arm. Yeah, I think they filmed it, and it is in the book. If you read the novelization of The Force Awakens, it's in the book. Um, but we've never seen it on screen, and so yeah, that we was don't see a mean, scary Chewbacca too often. No, no, not at all. Like I think the most the cool the most angry we've ever seen Chewbacca is whenever he's pissed at Lando and the Empire Strikes Back, and then when uh. When Kylo Ren finally kills Han and Yo, literally a millisecond later, I he's love like, that. I raised you, but I could give a freak. You just killed my friend yeah, <laughs> and just dude, freaking shoots that. daggum Kylo Ren in the stomach, which shows the, the balls on Kylo because everybody else has been flying like 40 yards when he gets shot. And Kylo is just like literally just punching himself, dude. Alpha. Kylo Ren is a man among boys, but <laughs> yeah, I thought that Kersantin was such a cool character, and um, I thought that the Black Series did him dirty. If you've seen that figure, uh, definitely yep. <laughs> doesn't look like Kersantin. He's but, real shiny. Yeah. Um, but if you guys want to sponsor me, Hasbro, I'll I'll pay one for <laughs> I'll, I'll take a picture for free. But um, yeah, I thought Kersantin was cool. I I would love to see eventually another thing that we've re- read about in comics and stuff is the term the Mad Claw. And the Wookiees aren't supposed to yeah. use their claws yeah. for battle. It would have been sick to see him be like Wolverine, these guys. Yeah. Um, but the Trandoshans were just getting destroyed. I think that those Trandoshans are some kind of subspecies that are like weenie Trandoshans. Yeah. Some, but, some small um, boys. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. But that was a really cool scene. Yeah. And then we see Boba, you know, <laughs> he comes up and he's like, hey, man, you need some help. You need a job. And right. Which what if is he cool like handed him a what if he handed him a track like when you're at the store? Yeah. <laughs> when you're at Walmart and like these guys are handing you like I know it's, I'm I'm not trying to make fun of you. I literally I work at a church, but these guys are <laughs> you're trying to get in your car and they're trying to give you like, you know, trying to tell you something about the Lord. It would have been funny if that was what Boba Fett was doing, like, hey man, Tuscan's anonymous. Work for yeah. me. You know, Here, I don't take know this, something like that. Yeah. Here's the uh, Mosespa Bible. Yeah. But he was yeah. It was interesting. I guess obviously they have a mutual respect, but it would still be so awkward if I'd almost like murder this guy like a day before and then he wants to hire me. But it was pretty cool. Hey, man. I thought it was uh, I thought it was it was funny that all of a sudden he's working with Boba and the mods. It'd been funny if Kershanton was like, huh, 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 like, yeah, me or them. They got to go. These yeah. Kids. But yeah. it was pretty cool. They end up working together and make a family and everything. Yeah, I mean, I love Black Kershanton and I think that this little introduction for to him being in Boba's uh, squad. I hope that pans out into more stuff. And oh, yeah, I, I think that. that, you know, um, I think that Disney makes very conscious financial decisions about things like costumes yeah, and things like that. So I hope, I mean, you have to realize that that black Kersantan costume, that's like a $20,000 thing. Oh, it's probably more. Than I mean, that, dude. It's you have like, somebody literally, if you watch the yeah. behind the scenes for like force awakens or, or uh, solo, mm-hmm. they were like, now here's the thing. This is a younger chewy. He's, he's not had a shower in a while. He's been in the mud. Right. Now he's in the snow and they make him, you know, chewy and solo is like freaking got this 
cool, like the coolest main ever. Yeah. Yeah. And but you have someone, you have some like, you know, this lady that's just got this tiniest, like sharpest <laughs> needle thing, and like literally hair by hair, she's putting clusters of fur in there, yeah. Like you would see on a, a, a like a legitimate animal. Yeah. And uh so they had to do that for Chrysanthemum, and Chrysanthemum's character is bigger than Chewbacca. So right. I'm hoping I'm holding out for something in the Imperial era, like a like a Doctor Afra show. Yeah, with Chrysanthemum would be sick. That would be sick, dude. I would absolutely love that. And I just yeah, like you said, they make they make financial decisions, and you know they're not gonna make Cad Bane in live action, not not to bring him back ever. You know, right? So I I, I think you're right, and. So what would you one to ten rate this episode? Mm. There are definitely some eight or nine moments in there, like one liners and things that hold the Tuscans made me strong. But out of the whole episode, it just kind of feels like it's all over the place a bit. Um, yeah. I'm generous. I I probably <laughs> give it. Oh man, I can't remember what I gave it on my own show. I probably give it like a seven, seven and a half, maybe. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'd probably give it the same. I think you're, I think you're right. It, it has a, some really, really good moments, but overall, like I said, at the beginning, this one's pretty forgettable in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. I, I think that there's, um, there's some really cool moments like the Kersantan moment. We're all going to remember that for forever. We're going to be telling our kids the, about it the, after the apocalypse, the Nikto rider moment that, yeah. that moment is really one of the most stick out moments to me. The yeah, whole season. Those, those two obviously getting slave one back was cool. But those two moments, and then specifically dialogue-wise, the Tuscans made me strong was really impactful for me as a viewer. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm looking back on like my kids love watching Book of Boba Fett, and I'm yeah. never like, hmm, today episode yeah. four. Like it's always one, two, five, or seven typically. Right. Um, so I would say yeah, probably it's it's on the lower end of the spectrum. But the cool thing about Star Wars is like there's not there's not a lot of star wars that i just don't really want to watch you know what i mean like i don't really cut a love for any yeah. holiday specials very often but um but this one's still good enough that i could you know i can see myself in every once in a while being like yeah maybe watch this one like, yeah it's all it's all good star wars but this is not um a lot of the episodes like episode two we talked about competes with any star wars we've seen in our lifetime yeah honestly. this is not this is not on that level yeah for sure that that's definitely a, a really good assessment of it and i i completely agree um so episode four we're giving it a, a pretty average rating let's take a hard left turn just let's like go. the series did let's go to chapter <laughs> five and we're right into mandalorian with the dark saber bro and season this three thing, already this, this scene right here with in chapter five, Return of the Mandalorian, which that title is just so sick. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Return and of the Jedi, you know, like whenever you're um, do you ever um, I don't know how I use Apple Music, so I don't really know exactly all the nitty gritty of Spotify. But um, do you ever go and like check and be like, OK, cool. So they put out the the music for this episode or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the one that I I I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but the the combo of uh, book of boba the dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 mm -hmm. with the uh da -dum. the doo -doo -doo. Yeah. yeah dude the combination of the 
yeah dude so sick dude, so i was sick. like i was it was two o'clock right yeah and i was like that's the sickest You're thing literally like in my life turn it up to 11 meme like <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's so dude it was so sick that was my favorite like uh the soundtrack there i was like bro i'm looking like can i make this my ringtone yeah. and i can't find it anywhere but that was just from that moment i was like this is going to be one of the best things i've ever seen i knew i knew from the get that was going to be awesome I mean, you see him in the, the first, very first scene behind those sort of plastic uh, separators of the, right. the freezer areas. And you see a silhouette and immediately you're like, I mean, it's Din Jaren, right? It's the man. Yeah. And I mean, right away, I'm freaking out and he's just so cool. Like mm-hmm. I remember thinking that and, and saying that to, to my girlfriend when we were watching. I'm like, he's just so cool. I love seeing him on screen, yeah. just walking through somewhere looking at guys, giving him looks and stuff. Yeah. He's is so cool. I don't know if you grew up. Um, I don't know if this is because I'm from Texas. I don't know what it is. But growing up in my world, in my household, like John Wayne was like an idol. Like he mm-hmm. was just like one of the epitome guys. And um, and so I remember uh, me and my wife will go through times where we're like, let's watch an old movie. Let's like watch. Let's watch Singing in the Rain or something like like a classic, you know? Right. Yeah, and yeah. I was my two favorite John Wayne movies are the sons of Katie elder and Eldorado. So I was watching these with my wife and I was telling my sons, like this is the baddest man in the world right here, John Wayne. And it's cool. Cause his grandson is yeah. the guy under the helmet for the Mandalorian, right. Brendan Wayne. And bro, if you go back and watch the Duke, if you go watch John Wayne, um, where he, like he walks and it's like, his legs don't move. They're just yes, like, it's, like it's, it's almost like his legs are like a pendulum kind of, yeah, I know dude, exactly and, what you're talking about. It's like, cause like, you know how a lot of people, their legs are, they're like this or they're pigeon toed, like every basketball player in the world yeah, above six foot exactly. two pigeon toed. Yeah. But like, um, this guy, like it was so sick. Cause I had just been rewatching these John Wayne movies and then it's like watching space John Wayne. Cause he's standing there and he's like, I don't want to kill everybody in this room. But, but I will. I will. I <laughs> and definitely will. That was the will. coolest part. Um, that was so sick. Him watching, and I think that like something that the Mandalorian does a great job of, and um, this this episode of the Book of Boba Fett had a lot of that as well. I think part of it's because we were stuck on Tatooine, which is so spacey. Yeah. But I love that it's like, hey, you ever wanted to see what a butcher shop on the Halo ring would look like? Yeah. Here you go. It's the yeah. Mandalorian. <laughs> Like that was so sick. And like, I never knew I wanted to see a space meat locker, but I needed it. I didn't know I needed it, but it delivered. I know. with all these, like, uh, I, I forget what their species is called. These dog guys. Clatoonians. Cl- cl- yeah. Clatoonians. Yeah. I mean, dude, he comes in. It's like the classic Din Jaren, you know, I can bring you in warm. I can bring yeah. you in cold. They dialed it all the way back to that first scene. And, you know, like you, like you just said, he's like, listen, I can, I, I could literally kill all you guys, but I, I don't wanna. want to just let's, right. let's make this easy. And then obviously he's got to unleash the dark saber yeah. and pretty much just destroys those guys. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought was really interesting when I first saw it, obviously they explain it a little bit in the, the later part of the episode is how he hits himself with the, with the dark saber yeah. and almost chops his own leg off. Yeah. and burns the me, i was like whoa himself. what the heck like i didn't realize that you know yeah. I, I obviously in rebels they do go into that a little bit of how the the dark saber is like connected to the force and more of a way than a lightsaber is in a sense 
Yeah. And um, <laughs> it was just funny. He burns his own leg. And then he chops that guy in half. And Bro. I through mean, the table. Like, oh. The first five minutes of this episode, I'm turning it up to 11. Yeah. And I'm just we like, knew We knew what? it was going to be a gym. Yeah. I was like, what could they possibly do that's any more epic than what I just saw? And, yeah. and then obviously we do see the Halo ring, which is really cool. What a cool, like some of the coolest parts of star Wars is it's not the earth. So right. like, that's the hard part about the book of Boba Fett as a whole is like, we're on Tatooine the entire time. And I love Tatooine. Like obviously yeah. it's star Wars, right? It's yeah. classic star Wars. That's the original star Wars location. Right. But it is cool to see other places. And I, the one, I think one of the reasons um, I did uh, on our TikTok slash reel slash YouTube shorts, I talked about some of my favorite planets um, and I'm realizing now as I'm going back and looking at them, there are places that are really extreme and like, like Kashyyyk is like super extreme, like these mm-hmm. crazy bugs, these crazy trees, the Wookiees. Right. And, and I think the, that, that ring, I can't remember the name. They put the city name on there, I think, but that location was, was that style of star Wars where it's like, um, it felt like when we saw Coruscant for the first time and you're like, right. the whole planet can't be a city except for yeah. it can. Yeah. And so the ring, uh, the halo ring was sick. Um, it was so weird that like, there's a, I guess the inside of the ring is the, the good side, like the, yeah. the wealthier, like upper levels, I suppose. Right. And the outside of the ring is kind of like the lower levels, like the, the dumpster, you know? Right. Exactly. And, uh, it was so weird cause it's floating in space. But when they're fighting, Din Djarin falls off and there's gravity to it. It was just, I don't know. I was just, it was, again, it's it's 2 a.m., which I recommend Star Wars at 2 a.m. It'll blow you, your yeah, mind on a different just, level. Yeah. <laughs> Sheer no, exhaustion. I, I mean, that kind of goes, you know, the little Star Wars uh, gravity debate, you know, with right. the Star Destroyers falling into each other, the bombs in The Last Jedi. Um, I thought it was pretty funny when he did do that and he falls off. He's like, oh. And he just yeah. flies back up, you know. Yeah, my he, uh, yeah, my my middle son Cash, he's two, and he is watching. He goes, he died, and then he flies <laughs> back up, and he goes, he's not dead. It's okay. And so that that was really funny. Um, but the first five minutes is sick. Um, he and I guess he's doing this bounty in exchange to find out where the Mandalorians are. What is he doing? What is he exchanging when he when he throws that head down? What's he wanting? Um, I think he just did a bounty, right? He, he, he did a bounty. So he, yeah, he could find out where, where the armor was like. I'm trying to think of like, was the payment, the location he got, he got paid and, and they, they were going to give him the location. And then they were like, mm. you know, come on, stick around with us, you know, like have, have oh, a drink. And then he was like, well, I'm not going to tell you where they are if you don't stick around with us. And he's like, yo, I'm, I'm about to F you guys all up right now. If you, right. if you don't tell me where they are. So then they do. And he goes, it was just so weird. I, in my mind, I was wondering why those people would have their location. Right. And why, you know, Star Wars is so good at that picking up at a random point and you just mm-hmm. have to go with the story. Why was he there? Why, why were, why was the armor and Paz Vizsla there, you know? And right. Like if he tracked him down all the way to, and I know I thought about this for a million years with bounty hunters. I'm like, so you can find somebody anywhere, anywhere. Like, yeah. and a, 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 a limited amount of planets and things. But in my mind, if he tracked them so 
close that he was on the ring, couldn't he be like airdrop and see if like the armor's iPhone was there as well? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Do a little scan. Yeah. Yeah. It seems very you close, think. but, um, but yeah. So moving along that scene with the armor and the day of a thousand or the night of oh a thousand tears, bro, that's see the, Mandalore. I mean, uh, for the first oh time God. in live action, and Bruh. for it to be the destruction of it, you know, and the, the K2SOs the droids. K2SOs coming oh, in and frick, the probe dude. droids. And I mean, it was straight like that was it was like a freaking when I saw that. I And I've thought about this for a long time because uh, that book came out probably when we were in high school or somewhere around that age. Um, Death Troopers came out the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know. And then I read it and I was like, dang, this kind of works. And then I read Red Harvest, which was the prequel to that. And it kind of shows you how the chemicals and the formula comes to be to create these zombies or whatever. And anyways, I was like, man, would that work? Could that like, could a fear-based thing work in star Wars on the live action screen or even obviously a cartoons are for kids. So they wouldn't do animation. I know Mm. like some DC cartoons are like for adults, but I don't think Disney would go that way. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I don't think so. But when I saw the night of a thousand tears and I was those freaking terrifying droids, and the probe droids, I was like, dude, they could really do They could do a Star Wars horror movie for sure. And so, man, yeah. I was just the I was not prepared for the Mandalorian lore overload that we were going to get. And no. uh, I think the Mando season three is just going to take it to a whole nother level. We're, we're, I mean, I they mentioned that waterfall. Um, I can't remember the name of it. They meant the uh, you have to you have to. Um, bathe in the pools under the mines of mandalore right that's going to play a factor in some way i'm calling it right now i called a crate dragon before mandalorian season two i swear you can go back and look at my podcast (laughs) we're gonna see a mythosaur mandalore season three mythosaur and i think you know later on in this episode we do you know we see uh mando uh train with the armor a little bit Mm -hmm. with the dark saber we see him fight paz vizsla for it which was really Mm -hmm. cool for you know he, Paz is like he's got a chip on his shoulder about Mando. Oh, hundred percent. He, he's like you know Mando's right here, Paz is right here, and he's always mm-hmm. trying to get that that edge on him, you know. And I so think there's really a cool. there's an arrogance with the name, right? Because he's right. part of the Vizsla household, so he's thinking exactly. we're going to return this blade back home where it belongs. And also in my mind, even though they can't have it because of the uh, because of the creed and the the children of the way and what their belief system is. But in his heart of hearts, you know, he's closer to a good chunk of the Mandalorians that died. The night saving the Mandalorian and Grogu. And since then, apparently like, um, you know, when you go back uh, later in the season one of Mandalorian, you go back to the covert and there's just a pile of helmets that have been murdered. Um, Basically, because know. of Grogu, you think yeah. those you think those are dark troopers that killed all those Mandalorians? Because I don't see it being if you not if the Mandalorians, yeah, not stormtroopers, like death troopers, maybe, maybe death troopers, yeah. But like, I don't know, a covert full of Mandalorians that know where they are, like the one of the most dangerous places you can go to attack someone is in their own home because right. they know yeah. where to go, you know. Yeah, but anyways. All that to say, in my mind, if I'm Paz Vizsla and this son of a gun shows up with the dark saber, <laughs> like you know that he's got like some emotions. Oh, yeah. Like you don't oh, deserve yeah. that, bro. Like you're the reason we're on this freaking ring and we're pooping off the outside of a ring into space. 
Right. And we could have been back home in the cover. We've been living in for however long. Yeah. So there's definitely an arrogance, a an entitlement, and there's I, I think there's some resentment there towards Dinjarin. I would say. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I I do hope we see that more. I I hope I hope we see that resentment continue, and that fuels um, Din in his own way. And I going back to the um, the pools underneath the mines and everything, we do see Dinjarin get kicked out of their their clan yeah. of, of three and they their their views are so strong that there's only two of them left and they're willing to kick out the third guy yeah and, definitely you know because he just removed his helmet and i mean right. he had to in a sense but i really believe and this is a theory that i have that you know boba is this fake mandalorian in a sense who doesn't have any respect by bo-katan or you know really anybody in terms of mandalore Mm-hmm. Jaren, who is a Mandalorian in that own creed, in that uh, particular creed, I have a feeling they're going to end up bathing in that pool and becoming true Mandalorians and possibly ruling Mandalore like side by side in a sense. 100%. Like, Listen, the, the children of the watch are basically like leftover of the death watch terrorist group. Like right. they, they literally survived because they happened to be on the moon of Concordia when the night of a thousand tears went down. Right. So they're butthurt because they feel guilty because they lived and everybody else they knew died. Right. Bo-Katan is a failure and a disgrace and a shame to the title of Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever she like, bro, you know how freaking mad I was as a Boba Fett and a clone trooper fan when she's like, I've heard your voice a thousand times. I was like, oh, really, B? I remember you coming in Clone Wars Season 7 and begging for the clones to come save your sorry butt <laughs> yeah. because you couldn't handle your business. Yeah. So she's just so freaking stuck up. Oh, my God. I can't. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't stand her, really. She's Dude, in the Clone Wars. She was tolerable. Yeah. And, she has but like in the Karen energy. Oh, 100%, bro. She's Hillary Clinton to the, She's to Bo the max, Karen. bro. Bo she Karen. thinks that 100%, dude. <laughs> She's like, we've been around for a million. She, she's so like... She's got like that, like that Meghan Markle vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, what has she done? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. she, she... I don't know. She just... It feels like she's like, you married a prince and now you know what the royal etiquette is. Like, exactly. I don't know. It's just... It seems very arrogant and stuck up and it's like the the clones came and literally gave you mandalore like your people couldn't do it they gave you back mandalore and you squandered it yeah twice twice yeah <laughs> twice bro <laughs> she yeah, lost man. it she's, and then she's, she's lost case. it three times yeah she lost she had it underneath she was she was and here's the other thing if she wants to talk about loyalty why was she a part of the death watch when Satine was on the throne in the first place. Yeah, I know. It's she has no right, bro. She is the blackest pot calling the kettle black. Like she is, dude. Talk about glass houses throwing stones, bro. She's I can't even I could go on for a million years. She sucks. I hate yeah, her. no, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not a bow fan. She's a she's a Karen, dude. She's a star. I would say Karen. that I would say that the armorer feels more like a true Mandalorian to me, even though she's yeah, a heretic and yeah. a part of a crazy creed, definitely but, more of a hardcore Mandalorian than Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan seems just more selfish in general. Like she's, you know, she's definitely in it for some self, you know, I think she feels bad. Yeah. It's self-loathing. She, 
her yeah. sister got killed because her group brought in Maul. Yeah. That that hurts. Then she so then they gave Mandalore back to her at the end of the Clone Wars. Then she lost it to the Empire. Then they want it back during Rebels, and she gets the dark saber back, bro. She has the dark saber, and then she loses it again. <laughs> yeah, she's, she feels bad. Like yeah. she's okay. I'm from Houston, right? And the Houston Rockets could have and should have won a championship years ago when we had Chris Paul and James Harden. And of course, Fact. I hate the Golden State Warriors. Because not because I don't like them, because it's they 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 play amazing basketball. Steph Curry's the best shooter ever. Draymond Green, one of the greatest role players ever. Clay Thompson's amazing to see him back in the playoffs. <laughs> the reason I hate those guys is because we lost. It's not because yeah. they're actually bad people. It's because we lost. That's true. That's it's true. All the Tom, it's all the Tom Brady haters. Yeah. It's no, because exactly. they lost, bro. You hate so, us because you ain't us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all of yeah, it's it's yeah. She's Germany after World War II. That's what she is. She's That's pissed a, because she got handed back to back L's on the worldwide stage. Damn! Don't don't uh, tell Katie Sack off that. <laughs> you know, I think if I could meet Katie, I would shake her hand and say, "You are an amazing actress." Oh no, she's great. She's. I can't, she's, I she's can't really stand Bo-Katan. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's because she's, she plays the really character good. so well. She does. She she plays, and she seems like a very sweet person for sure. It kind of but... it's kind of like um, what's that chick from Game of Thrones? Oh, I can't remember uh, Amelia Clark. No, 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 no. Um, the oh, one that oh. ended up having to cut her hair and all that stuff. Cer- Cersei, right? Cersei. Yeah. yeah, that that woman gets like booed at conventions and stuff. Yeah, but she's probably a she's really super sweet nice. Lady, yeah, but she's, she's or Joffrey's nice. character. Like yeah. they always say that Joffrey's actor, the guy that plays him, was like the sweetest guy on set. But when they go places as like a crew to do a convention, or whatever, they all be like, "Boo, Joffrey!" Like throwing <laughs> stuff at him. So it's not. I, I Katie Sackhoff's doing an amazing job, but Bo-Katan as a character sucks. Oh, absolutely. I I totally agree. So Din's Din's not doing good, man. He's no, he, he's out. He got kicked out of the Creed, and he's a little down in the dumps. I think it's really cool that we get to see him take a charter flight over to uh, <laughs> Tatooine, dude. Yeah, he's got a little kid in front of him, bugging him, and. We have to see him take out all his weapons before he gets on and everything, which is such a cool shot just to see all his gear and <laughs> the little kid on the on the ship. Um, I love that little detail. Oh, the, just the such little, a real world a, detail, a, you know. Is it a Rodian? It's a Rodian, yeah. Dude, it, they're so cute when they're little and they grow yeah. up to be so freaking ugly. <laughs> and their hands um, are like all big and whatnot. Yeah, dude. Uh, but I thought that was so funny. And it was it's so like... I don't know, man. I thought that the uh, the when he makes him the little chainmail shirt, mm-hmm. um, that was cool. And I was, it, I thought it was a very neat detail that when she ties it into the little bow, it looks that like it looks like Grogu. Grogu. Yeah, freak, that got me, dude. That got me it's so got good. Me so hard, bro. Got me so All hard. I know is that that baby's lucky that Mike Tyson wasn't sitting behind him. Seriously. For- <laughs> <laughs> for real dude bro did you I, see I would video? not want to get be getting punched I, I would do everything not to piss mike tyson off if i was sitting behind him i don't know what that guy was doing but bro i heard that he was like like being like rude and like oh i'm sure like i'm sure swearing at him so like, rude to celebrities like bro mike tyson's the one guy that's like you don't want to mess with that guy bro. Freak. yeah <laughs> yeah mike tyson I, could go to jail t- tomorrow and everybody'd be like what's up mike like nobody's gonna mess with mike tyson in jail he's yeah, a legend dude. like he's yeah. he's such a fan favorite especially of like he's he's a, he's a fighter 
So Dude, anyways, this are like legal weapons, basically. Bro. So the guy was getting smacked oh but yeah so he he's in the charter flight which was so funny and what's even funnier is he's not even like he doesn't even look like he's in first class yeah he's he's just like like chilling and like he's on spirit airlines just trying (laughs) to get there dude and uh, he's got no knee room he's got no knee room uh yeah we it's just such a cool detail that you know they're always constantly bringing in real life Mm -hmm. aspects into star wars and that just the kid in front of him, you know, bugging him is just such a funny detail that happens to everybody, you know. And it's also funny that the mom of the kid, like to the last second, like she eventually is like, oh, yeah. oh, like get up here. Yeah. But it's funny that it takes like 35 seconds of the kid just being like suction cup hands over the seat. Hi. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> so funny, dude. Yeah, before the mom does anything. Yeah. But it's funny because as a parent, like I'm sure the first like 30, 45 minutes of that flight, she was like, stop it, stop it. And the mm-hmm. kid just kept doing it. And it's she's so just funny like, because yeah. as a parent, I'm like, stop doing that. Stop doing it. And eventually I'm just like, whatever, they're gonna cut their finger off. Right. I gotta watch yeah. I gotta <laughs> continue my life. So that was right. really silly. Well, we see him pull up to Tatooine, and I this is such an interesting part of the entire series, I think, because it you know, at the beginning of this episode, we're getting a lot of lore from Man Mandalore, and right, you know, Mando is making his return that's where I thought it would kind of cross over back into Boba, you know, and right. they would right away sort of mesh back into the story. But we have this whole long thing with him building the, uh, you know, they're renovating a Naboo starfighter with Peli. Yeah. And I, this episode absolutely made me love Peli and I did not Dude. like her before, oh. but oh, really? Yeah. Well, I tell that I didn't like her. It was just more like, you were different. Yeah, yeah. Like, but this this episode made me fall in love with her, dude. The little Jawas, they're furry. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that was so weird that she up. dated one. I was like, what? That was so crazy. Didn't even know you could do that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I was. She was like, I've dated him before. This, this, and this. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, yeah, she has such a. What's so cool? The Mandalorian and Boba Fett both have done this. And you were saying, I remember uh, maybe in the first episode when you were talking to your girlfriend, you were saying that. It's so cool how welcome and um, excited your girlfriend was, who's not a hardcore Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's yeah. what's that's what's so cool is because like, um, like my even my my little kids like if I turn on like something really crazy if, if I watch like the Mortis arc from Clone Wars with my sons they're like mm-hmm. so what's happening? <laughs> but with Boba Fett and Mandalorian like they do it, it's straight back to the airlines flight which is so relatable and pelly's got that personality that's so relatable and so like down to earth yeah um so it's funny because like my wife she'll watch it with me and then when pelly's on the screen she's like oh i love her like yeah. it's funny she just she has that connecting uh personality she's so charming she's got a good um, energy yeah 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 and the way that she is with grogu or like whenever grogu wasn't uh wasn't there she was like where's the little guy and yeah he's like I had to take him back to his kind. And she was like, mistake. I thought that yeah. was really funny. Um, the pit droids. I love the prequel love we're getting. Oh, and I dude, hope that in this episode we're... specifically, there was so dude, much prequel love. So much good stuff. And uh, you have the BD droid from, yeah, uh, from Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Yeah. His little, his cute little feet when he gets excited. Yeah. yeah. Did a good job. Uh, that was really cool. And I'm not a big video game guy, um, but I've, I obviously 
being a Star Wars fan, a podcaster and things, I try to keep in touch with stuff and mm-hmm. seeing the little, um, the way that in the game, BD can show you like a map or show you like, here, put your lightsaber handle here to turn yeah. this in the Jedi Temple or things like that. Yeah. It was cool that he was like, it goes here. Like that was yeah. such a good, um, this episode probably did the best job in this whole season um, of like taking things from every other era of star Wars or every yeah. other, you know, and then like putting them all together. Like, yeah. you know, if think, you're, on Tatooine, yeah. you're in the hangar from the original trilogy. Like mm-hmm. you've got Finnick Shand, who's a connection to the bad batch. You have the pit droids, you have the Starfighter. you've got the dark saber, you have the seizure Mandalore, like everything, but the sequel trilogy, it linked up to, um, and I do think that the Mandalorian is going to end up taking us somewhere. Like I remember years ago, they were saying, this is going to show us the rise of the first order. Right. Um, which I don't know how that's going to work, but who knows? They did but say did that, think, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They, they said that this is going to, and this was before we knew like, well, Snoke wh- is a strand cast of Palpatine. Like all yeah. we knew was that the first order existed. And they said that, that this is going to point us to some of those things. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as I hope that in 20 years, um we're doing this and getting paid full time for our star wars podcasts and it would be cool to see the fans who are growing up now like my sons who are growing up with the sequels i would love to see sequel love in the future yeah like it's no, so cool will being be. a kid growing up who like for me and i know this is like heresy but um I love the original trilogy, right? Like that's some of my best memories with my dad is going and seeing this, the pre the original trilogy again in theaters before Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me growing up, I was like, so why would you watch this? If you could watch revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Like, it's so funny. And we're going to have kids that we're going to be like, no, that's wrong. But there's going to be kids like my sons who are like, yeah, revenge of the Sith is cool, but Look at Kylo Ren. Like, I don't exactly. know. It's, it's going to be so crazy when those moments occur. You know, they're not there yet because we still have all the haters, you know, but they'll come around, I think. Well, I, I, I do think that uh, the sequels have been a complete success in terms of new fans and oh, young, very young fans as well, because they don't have that. The walls built up that Star Wars builds you as a fan, like, right, that you start to put up because there's lore and canon and all this stuff that you expect out of it kids don't care they just want cool awesome lightsabers and funny aliens and that sort of thing and the movies always deliver on that so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think this episode and the next episode they do such a crazy job like you said of bringing all these aspects in these different areas of star wars and all in one 45 minute episode it's really Mm -hmm. cool so we see them build this absolutely sick i mean hot rod of yeah. uh, an n1 starfighter and i mean that scene of him ripping through uh it, it must have been beggars canyon mm-hmm. the whole pod race track pretty much dude i know and i was rooting sounds... for like i was rooting for like just give me the whole 15 minutes of the pod race track. i know right yeah or somebody to pull up sick. next to him and try and race him or something yeah. like that dude it would have been sick if uh like let's say because i think he does pull through does he drive through where like the arena is like where all the fans are watching at some point uh, i don't i think can't remember he does he he goes through that really like rocky area where there's mm-hmm. like rock pillars sort of yeah 
you know, Sebulba's throwing stuff at and pod racers. And it would have been sick if he went through like where the arena is because you're there, they're in that arena and then they just kind of go off into space, right? And right. then they come back around. It right. would have been cool if he went through there and it was quiet and the two headed guy would be like, hey, up their heads up. That yeah. would have been sick. it's Skywalker. Oh, ah, yeah, <laughs> that would have been sick, dude. I would have uh, been yeah. hyped. I love that. So, but I mean, the, dude, the that, N1, that like, itself. what did you think? Were you, when you saw it, were you like, this isn't going to work? Like, what were your thoughts? Cause my first thought was like, oh, freaking that, that's so, that's so sick. Dude. I'm so hyped. But my follow-up to thought was that was like, how's he going to get anything anywhere? You know what I mean? You know, I really didn't like pay too much mind to the fact that like, you know, he'd have to carry bounties or anything. Cause to me, it seemed like he just needed a ship. Like. Mm. And he was, he was expecting a razor crest, you know, he, yeah, that's why he, he showed up. wanted a big ship that was for bounties and everything. But I think this sort of maybe, you know, transitions him and he's, he doesn't need it anymore. Yeah. All he needs is his cockpit and Grogu's little bubble. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, people were getting like, sort of like antsy about that a little bit. And I was just like, dude, it's whatever. I think he, that... he needed a ship at that moment. So he yeah. took that ship, you know, I think ultimately he's like his purpose in life is going to pretty quickly in Mandalorian season three grow beyond like, you don't have time to be a bounty hunter. If you're ruling all of Mandalore. Exactly. And you have a son and you have a son. son. And I think that uh, I think, and also like, dude, if he starts like really being like a high roller, like he rules the whole planet. Like if that's really going to be the way that they take this. Yeah. um, Like he's going to have more than one ship. Yeah, exactly he and, like in that, legends yeah, that's like the rule like it, i was like, like this is one car ship. i guess yeah, yeah exactly that makes no exactly. sense like and, and in legends um boba fett has slave one and i think he has a ship called slave two like i think he has oh really he has more than i'm gonna look it up right now but I, i'm pretty sure he does and yeah, there's, they, also, there's also a, t- a time where he uh he steals <laughs> boss ship the hound's tooth but uh the the, the uh the n1 starfighter is like his sunday drive you know or the, the yeah. motorcycle that you take out you know every you're going so down off. the coast exactly it, yeah it says there's a slave to a starship owned by boba fett um it it has the freaking price here dude star wars is so ridiculous it cost him 25 or 225 thousand credits hey, that's not weird bad. looking dog that's not bad but yeah it, it's real um I think that he can have another one or like you remember in rebels, how they had uh, the ghost and then they had, um, was it the phantom was like yes. the little ship. Yeah. The little one. Yeah. Yeah. And then they replaced it with that cool Nymoidian ship halfway yeah. through. Um, I can like, if you have a huge ship that's for hauling a bunch of bull crap, like you can definitely have one of those attachments, speedy, speedy you know, yeah, you just yeah. attach it to the bottom of the other ship. Right. Yeah. Because the end, I think as the viewer, all like a lot of times, all we can see is like, oh, a ship is this big. That's as big as a car. Like the N1 is not the same size as like the ghost. Right. Like you could have a ghost or like a racer crest is even kind of small in the grand scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to like the Falcon, I feel like it's like, bro, half the size. Yeah. Yeah. You could totally attach that to the underside of like something cool, something big. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, he, we we see him get pulled over, which is really funny. Uh, another yeah. sort of just real world sort of thing, you know. 
And what I think is really cool about this is that it's um, the pilot that we see in uh, Mandalorian. Carson Teva is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see another pilot who is is played by the guy who played Luke in the right. He was like the motion well. capture stand-in guy. Yeah, yeah, that's Max, cool. Max Lloyd Jones is his name. I thought that was such a cool Easter egg, and I'm not sure if he played him in the follow-up episode, Luke. Um, no, he didn't. I remember realizing was so it was different. a. I looked it up and it was a different character, a different actor, I guess. Hmm, that's interesting because I feel like he actually does look like Luke just by himself. Yeah, it was the not getting into next episode too heavily but i thought that the hair on the newer luke was seemed darker and kind of different looking than luke from six but um but yeah i thought that the guy that did luke in uh mandalorian did a great job and obviously it's not going to be perfect because it's not young mark hamill but i thought the the technology what's so wild is the technology from mandalorian season two to book of boba fett has advanced so much um i thought this guy that did um the new one did a good job but i do think that um max lloyd jones seemed a little bit smoother a little more fluid Mm -hmm. um but mark hamill's not han solo so i i get that but i thought they both did a good job um there was a line that Luke said about Yoda where it was like, he said something that I was like, that sounds so almost too earthy, like not Mm -hmm. enough star Warsy. He said something like his, uh, he had a big, his heart was huge is what he said. And I was like, what? I don't know. It sounded kind of weird coming from Luke Skywalker. Like if you said that, I'd be like, Oh, that's so sweet. But it was just weird hearing it from our favorite space wizard. Yeah. No, he was definitely, I mean, again, not getting into the next episode, but definitely, you know, he's robotic. I mean, he's a literal mm-hmm. robot in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like that Max Lloyd-Jones guy. And I, I hope that, you know, maybe we do get to see him in another capacity. So what is the uh, the other guy, the, the the older gentleman with the beard? Paul, um, Paul, it's Paul something. What is he famous from? Like a lot he's of people from... were excited, but I, I didn't know who what he was from. He's from some Canadian show. It's oh, on Netflix. Care. It's about like a convenience store. What the? I have frick? no idea what. I have no uh, idea what it's called. But oh, it's, if it's not about the U.S. of A, I could care less. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's based upon Canada. I just know it's like popular in Canada. What is that show? Because a lot of people were super excited, and I was like, "He looks cool." I don't know who that is, but it would be cool, you know now that we're thinking about the future it is interesting that that character because he's also the character that tried to uh recruit cara dune mm-hmm. yeah and she let exactly. it she let it um i guess she ended up accepting but it would be cool it's interesting that he's right above tatooine and we've talked about Cobb vance being a great new republic ranger right it'd be really interesting it'd if- be cool in that for sure so the the series is called kim's convenience okay and have you ever I, heard of that before? Um, no, but I was right. It was a convenience store. So nice. I'm happy about that. My, my memory up here. Is, it must be like a comedy or something. It is. It, yeah. It, it got canceled recently too. And there was like a big deal a big about that. Deal. But yeah. This guy's so, making yeah, no, Disney I, I hope now. to see. I hope to see more of those Rangers. I, I really like the pilots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's such a cool aspect. The New Republic and, and how they can fit into the story. But what's so weird about the New Republic is these guys can't be a, around for that long yeah 
because Mon Mothma, for some dumb reason, disbanded the military. Yeah. In Bloodlines. Bro, as I was reading that book, I was like, what the freak is she doing? Yeah. But I don't know. You just, you just, you just got out of 20 years of imperial slavery and you just fought your freaking hearts out and you're like, whew, now that that's right, we're done. Good. We're good. All the bad guys are gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, there was, I mean, I guess it, I guess it makes, I don't know. That makes zero sense to not at least have the reserves, dog. Yeah. No, I mean, reserves. have something, have some sort of plan, but that was wild. Yeah. Well, we do see, um, you know, Fennec pulls up and she's like, yo, dude, uh, you want to come work with us? You know, you're, you're our your guy. Help. You're yeah. our boy. Come be our number three guy. And um, he, you know, it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. And he's like, I got to go see my little buddy first. And yeah, episode ends. And I mean, dude, just even talking about it again, it's an absolute whirlwind of an episode. It feels sort of like two episodes in one a little bit. It feels like two episodes and it also feels really fast. It does. Yeah. Like I think and, and maybe that's because like the ship building montage is is a good chunk of time. It is. But yeah. it's such a in the grand scheme of things, like some of these episodes are taking days to play out. Right. And this is like a the day. Mandalorian thing at the very beginning is like, it all happens in one time. Yeah. And then he flies to Tatooine. And then this, like, it seems like it's like 24 hours. Quick, yeah. So yeah. maybe that's why the, the episode feels quicker, but it definitely stood out. Um, my beef with this, from the show from this point out is it feels like the book of Boba Fett was a four episode show. Yeah. And then Mandalorian for two episodes and then Boba Fett is in the finale, but we've been away from the plot for so long. Yeah. That the hype of like, what, what, what the freak are we going to do? Yeah. It leaves. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z growing up? No, I didn't No. So, basically they present a character that's borderline unbeatable like pretty much it's hopeless this guy's gonna mm. take over and destroy the world or whatever and the thing is that like uh season three or whatever i think it's the first time that goku goes super saiyan mm. and i remember watching it and then re-watching it in high school and i was like is he gonna do it or not because it took <laughs> so freaking long for him to get there like literally like you, we would go to other places and be like, meanwhile, Vegeta's doing such and such. And then you go back and for like two or three episodes, dude, Goku's just <laughs> trying to get there. And, and that's what ultimately, by the time he went super Saiyan, I was like, Oh, that's neat. But it would have been cooler if it happened sooner because the anticipation wore off by the time it right. happened. And it felt like the climax of this story was not as crazy because we were away from that whole story for two episodes and yeah. that's, it's not what, what I don't want to say that I don't like those episodes because I think they're amazing. And I think that they have some amazing stuff in them. Episode six in particular has like a freaking like 52 card pickup of all your favorite star Wars characters. So, crazy, and, yeah. uh, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It feels maybe, 
maybe there was too much of a story surrounding Boba Fett to put it just in the Mandalorian season three, but not enough to have a dedicated show. Like I thought it was weird that they would do eight episodes per season religiously with the Mandalorian, but then seven for Boba Fett, but then he only is in five of them. Yeah. Like there was that meme after episode six where it was like, Hey, if you pause the book of Boba Fett episode six at this you point, can see him. You yeah. can see Boba Fett in the background. I was yeah. so mad as a Boba Fett fan because, um, you know, we're all in group chats and there was a group text I'm in for a fantasy football league. I'm a part of, and a guy that I thought was my friend said, man, Boba Fett was okay. But then it's, uh, it got better once the Mandalorian showed up. And I was like, <laughs> you chose violence today, my friend. Um, <laughs> Those are fighting words. Yeah, dude, for real. And that I guess that was, that was, and I'm, every episode that's on your podcast, that's what they say. But that's that's what the people have felt, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I and I love, think... I mean, th- these episodes are like top shelf. Like, I really loved them, really enjoyed them. And I can remember going back to bed after waking up and being like, Oh, that was so cool. And then one starfighter, who would have thought? And then laying down and being like, why wasn't Boba Fett in that episode? Yeah, exactly. It was just so weird. And I guess I will feel okay about it. If we get more Boba Fett, either another season or if he's heavily in the Mandalorian season three, but if that's the last time we see Boba Fett for a while, I'm going to be a little bit butthurt, which I do think is the reason that it was included. I think I definitely don't think that's the end of Boba. I really hope not. I mean, I, I there's just so much not. information out there yeah. to like go from at the end like I, they, the whole they, thing of like why does he give a crap about most espa but that's yeah. besides the point but once he like frees it a the pikes have to answer to somebody they never work yeah. for themselves and we said that we were like two words you remember that you're like crimson dawn yeah and i was like you said it brother and then <laughs> it never freaking happened i know man I was but season for... two i'm just i'm just holding out for season i know two dude. there is so much more like there really and, is and maybe like who knows because if it is crimson dawn right then the reach across the galaxy is far greater and broader than just Tatooine. Tatooine yeah and maybe that'll pour over into what's going on with the Mandalorian maybe there's maybe yeah. they're mining Beskar on Mandalore and selling it and I don't know but it's I hope that there's more there's so like in the writing Boba Fett saying I don't feel um he's like I don't know if I can do this for very long like he was right. willing to protect and, and to and to be the leader and free the freer or, or whatever of Mos Espa, mm-hmm. the liberator. He stops the drug trade. Like he does a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But then he's like, I don't really like the whole penguins of Madagascar smile and wave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I wonder if like next season, if there is another one or in the Mandalorian, if he's like gets cabin fever and just has to get out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's no, very, I, it's a very I do think there's gonna situation. be yeah, I do think there's going to be a shift in his. I, I think Cobb's going to take that, like we talked about. I think, I yeah, think I Cobb's think so going to sort of take that over, and Bob is going to just, you know, retire, hopefully, or or maybe at least just be there for Mando when he needs it, in a sense. Um, and I, I really do hope we see Boba ride off into the sunset at some point. Yeah. And he doesn't die or anything on screen. He just sort of oh. just literally just kind of like i don't know gandalf sit or whatever like just goes off what is your in your mind what's your version of that what does it look like for boba fett to ride off into the sunset where does he go 
somewhere on a beach for sure dude (laughs) he's got to be around water that's for sure i think a beach is sand and water all in one so it's like the perfect place Ah. i can literally see boba at the polynesian spa just absolutely yeah dude like it would be cool if he was like on a beach somewhere um or i know that they just destroyed a good chunk of the platforms but it would be wild if you went back to Camino. Yeah. That would be wild. I think Camino's a little depressing, but <laughs> Camino, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's too much of his dad. Yeah, that's um, a little too much water, but but like yeah, some somewhere like that where it like kind of points to his upbringing. Um in Legends, you know, they did a really great job of there's a character named Finn Shiza and he basically passes on the mantle of Mandalore to Boba Fett. Right. And uh, the very, um, the last two series and then final novel of the legends continuity, legacy of the force, fate of the Jedi. And then the final novel is crucible. Um, he kind of leads the Mandalorians and it's like, whatever's best for them. Like he's still up to the highest bidder, but he also has a moral code where like, He's he's leading them and he's learning how to be uh he's learning how to be a granddad because you meet his granddaughter in those books and things like that. Right. So the the thing that's interesting about that moment is he has a younger life where he's had a wife and they've had kids and yeah. then they kind of reunite at the end of his of his life and um in in legends his big um the big target on his back that he had to overcome was even though he didn't have accelerated aging, like the clone troopers, his DNA still didn't hold up in its older age, like a normal human being would. So like, you know, in one of the novels, it's like, I've already had two hip replacements. I've already done this. I've already done this. Like they're deteriorating. And so the sunset for him is he finds the cure for that. And he stays on Mandalore and he rules from there and then Disney buys Star Wars after Crucible comes out and he's just existing on Mandalore somewhere. And so in my mind, him um, meeting Omega <laughs> could do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because that's the connection to the to his father. It's yeah. different. It's different than the clones. It's like his sister almost. Yeah. It's different because they're the only unaltered. You know, that's he's true. because his name was Alpha. Like that's, that was his code name before yeah, he was yeah. named. His code name was alpha. Um, and she's Omega. And I, I know that there's obviously other letters in the Greek alphabet or whatever, but uh, I don't think that, I mean, I hope that's Greek. Is that right? Uh, yes. I don't, I don't think that there's going to be like a CDEFG. I think that it's like, there's only two ever. Right. And she's yeah. the last. Yeah. Um, I would be cool if they met. I don't think that the, like, I don't know. How would you feel about if he, okay. So the accelerated aging thing, like that's a problem, right? Like people keep talking about Rex going to be in Ahsoka. Yeah. But that kind of like, isn't that kind of a cop out? Like, wouldn't he be like a zillion years old? He's already He'd like super freaking, old. Yeah. He's already freaking old looking yeah. in rebels, which is like 20 years prior. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Fan service doesn't make sense sometimes, you know, it, I don't think um, Rex would really flashbacks. They're going to do flashbacks. That's what it's going to be. You think so? Yeah. He's going to be in it because people want it and 
I mean, it would be sick. Yeah. It has to be flashbacks. So, or like you're saying, the accelerated aging, I mean, it just wouldn't make sense. They find a cure for it, I guess. Yeah. Or they find a cure. Yeah. Um, so. It's yeah. It's weird because like if rebels is like, let's say rebels is like somewhere near like five years before a new hope or something like that. Right, yeah. So if it's five years before and then empires three years later, that's eight years. Then Jedi's a year later. That's nine years. Then five more years to the Mandalorian. So that's like, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Yeah. That's so 30. if he'd, he'd be 30 years, that's 30 more years. And yeah. he already looked like 50 or 60. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's in, he's in return of the Jedi, I guess, but I don't I know. Think, I think he might be able to stick around there. I don't know, but it would be cool. I guess we'll find out. We'll, we'll what find would you, out how would, would you feel like it's too much fan service if somehow in Ahsoka or the Mandalorian, because the Mandoverse all like intertwines. Yeah. What would you think about like, okay, we know that the Mandalorian can call on Ahsoka because she's grateful to him for taking care of Grogu and all these other things. Right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have a, a connection. Then you have Luke who would be really cool if he got to meet Rex because that's Anakin's commander or captain right. or whatever. And then you have Boba Fett, who's also linked to the Mandalorian. Would it be too weird for you as a viewer, as a human being outside of the Star Wars universe to see Timur Morrison talk to Timur Morrison as Rex and Boba Fett? Whoa, dude, my mind just went like, because <laughs> they all kind of connect. If you, if there's the video, no, yeah, no, yeah, that's at some point. My yeah no I mean that just the visual in my mind of Tamora Morrison talking to Tamora Morrison, so funny. But I mean I think it might be cool. I think it would be a little too weird though. It it might be a little. Would it be weird? weird? Yeah, I don't know. I think to somebody who you know again we they they do make stories that are for the general audience as well as super fans, mm-hmm. and I think it, that that to the general audience they'd be like, whoa, what is going on here? Like, (laughs) you know, I thought this dude was playing Boba Fett. Now he's a, he's a captain Rex or whoever this is. Right. It would be interesting for sure. I I like that, that point, but I don't know. It would be so like, I don't know in a perfect world, like that 20 bucks a month for the hardcore star Wars fans channel that I'm, that I'm pushing for. Yeah. Um, it would be cool to see like, uh, if the bad batch happens to survive, to see like Timur Morrison as Hunter and Wrecker and Rex and Boba Fett. Like that would be freaking wild. Although I just want to see, I want to see Wrecker live action. I I really want to see that character. I do want to see those guys live action, but I I doubt, I doubt that'll be a thing, but. So if let's say next season's the final season of the bad batch, because you can only go so far into the future. Yeah. With those characters. Who do do you, do you think the whole crew survives? Who dies? What do you think? This is completely off topic, but I hope tech, if one of them dies, I hope it's tech. (laughs) (laughs) Why? You don't like tech? I mean, it's not that I dislike him. He's just kind of there. Like, I think he's the one that I definitely least care for. The problem with tech is that tech does Echo's job, but we have an emotional connection to Echo. Right. And Echo is way cooler. Like just even his look and like. I mean, Echo's like half droid now. He can do all kinds of stuff. Like Tech yeah. is literally just a—he's just Google. Like, have you seen the the Black Series Echo yet? Uh the Black Series? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I have. Dude, his hand—like you—you can take his hand out. It's got a claw. It's got all you kinds can take of stuff. the claw hand out and put other things like a wrench or That's whatever. Cool. Yeah, That's pretty sick. Yeah, um, that's really cool. 
Oh man, if somebody had to die, okay. I know that we're we've been talking for a long time, but <laughs> if you could rank like who you don't care, like obviously text your number person number one person yeah, yeah. if he dies, who cares? To like don't care to you would shed a tear. What's your ranking if if they all if had to die? If we're including if we're including crosshair and omega, not including I'd have omega. To go. They're not gonna kill a child on TV. No, that's facts, but I mean, just in the sense, yeah, it would be probably Omega next and then okay. probably Crosshair and then Wrecker, Echo, Hunter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I guess I can put Omega first just because she's safe. Like I can put her out there, but they're not going to kill her. That's true. Yeah. Um, I would have to agree, like, because tech is so... It's kind of like when if I don't really I don't really watch Star Trek, but like if a character like Spock died, you'd be like, oh, that sucks. But there's not he's not emotional. So there's not an emotional connection. You would only have the emotional connection of that really the upset other the characters. Other guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, tech is that character. Tech is the guy that's like he dies and you're sad because somebody else is sad. Right. <laughs> um, ooh, man, everybody else is so cool um crosshair is gonna die for sure so he can be next facts um i just think like the inhibitor chip had more of an effect on him than he cares to admit but he's such a jack wagon that he's too cocky to admit that he needs help yeah yeah that pisses me off so he wants it to be his own decision (laughs) yeah i think that he's his personality is he always thinks he's had the the stuff it takes to be in charge and he's never been in charge. Right. So now he gets to be in charge. That's right, exactly. The, that's that's his whole shtick. And right. uh so crosshair. Oh frick. I have to man, Echo would really be sad. I'd have to say Echo would be next for me mm-hmm. because he's already gotten a second chance and he's gotten more of a story already. That's and true. he he needs to run through the fields of Elysium with fives. And True. so, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? um, clone heaven or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then up next, honestly, would be Hunter. And I would be the most sad if Wrecker died. Wrecker's got a big heart. He's a, dude, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Dude, I just love that. Like, I don't know. I think that he's the character that's like supposed to be this big, dumb animal kind of guy. But I think that he's got that. Because he's so like, he's the quote unquote dumb guy. He has that childlike quality to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like, if Wrecker or Hunter died, it would really hurt Omega, and to mm-hmm. see a little girl cry would would make me sad. Oh yeah. So, and I can, but Hunter, but I think that Wrecker will be the character that like, he'll do like you know they talk about like chickens will like burn alive covering up their hens like yeah. record would do that for omega he, he's gonna be the one if you know if, if it i think he would sacrifice like yeah, yeah he, i think he would sacrifice himself. himself yeah for sure for sure because like yeah it wouldn't be like imagine how non-emotional it would be if like a building's on fire and text like i'll cover her and oh like, my god we'd be like sick be like, okay, everybody else right. get out yeah i'd <laughs> be like, like yeah you go. Right, hunter go 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I, well. I agree i think tech is just he's just it's it's exactly like you're saying like you remember interstellar whenever they had that weird refrigerator that was walking around and it was supposed to be a person and i was like 
well, when this thing's going to end up dying, I'm not going to give two craps. Exactly, like, exactly. I don't know. They did. I felt like there was more emotion coming from IG-11 than there was tech, really. Yeah. And I, 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 I 100% agree. I think they, they kind I, of I was super sad when IG-11 died. Dude, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Bro, I would rather have Bo-Katan have died by those scout troopers and Kuil lived. Oh, 100%, dude. Like, screw that Karen. Save my boy Quill for sure. Quill, dude, bring him back, dog. Yeah. Anyways, we've been well, going man, for a I long mean, time. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, we no, no, you're good, man. I it's great. I I seriously enjoy it, but we have been going for a long time. Um <laughs> we we sort of capped it off with some bad batch talk, which is always fun, but let's give this uh this episode 5 a rating. Remember you gave episode 4 a 7. So, oh god, I got to get this one like a 12, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, five was really good. Um, okay, can I give two ratings? One yeah. as an episode of Star Wars and one as a Book of Boba Fett episode? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Book of Boba Fett, it's like a five because it's contributing to the story, mm-hmm. but barely as yeah. far as for Boba Fett himself. Um, as an episode of Star Wars, it's like a nine and a half. Yeah. Like there's if um, if Boba Fett could have been there for something – if the episode could have been 15 minutes longer or 10 minutes longer. And even if it was just like they're in the throne room and there's a briefing and maybe we get three minutes of the Mandalorian explaining what he's going through to Boba Fett. And Boba Fett says, man, brother, that sucks. He's what's going (laughs) here on Tatooine. Like that would be, that would have taken it to like a 12 for me. Um, But just that there's that missing element of, um, the main like the main character of that show being in there but yeah. as far as star wars goes it's like a nine and a half for me absolutely I, I agree if if an episode of the mandalorian if halfway through season two of the mandalorian all of a sudden grogu and mando mando just weren't in it like complete left turn in a sense i mean mm-hmm. people would absolutely hate it like and right i think like you're right. i thought it, like the jedi with ahsoka was like you got a lot of Ahsoka, you got a feel for her being afraid of the future of the Jedi because she's still she's still dealing with the loss of Anakin. Yeah, exactly. But you got lots of Ahsoka time. Ahsoka gets to deliver the first live action Thrawn line, so she gets some cool stuff. Yeah. And she fights, and she, she looks has super cool. cool. Yeah, <laughs> looks sick. She has the lightsabers. Rosario Dawson does an amazing job. I thought that the. It was, but it was still a good proportion. It still felt like an episode of The Mandalorian. That's yeah, my only beef with this episode. I think that's, I think that's pretty fair, and I think that's a pretty general consensus for a lot of people that mm-hmm. aren't just, you know, destroying the series or anything. It's like, you know, it, it's very, very good Star Wars, and I mean, it, it knocks your socks off. I mean, yeah. that first viewing, especially, but yeah, as a, as an episode of Boba Fett, I, I would definitely have to give it a more mid rating. But I mean, dude. Din Jaren with the dark saber killing slashing him. dudes up, cutting them in half. I nothing beats that. And I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll keep that poster on my wall, whatever I got. And I mean, I'm excited for whatever there's going to have to be like a, the same way that there was the montage from the N one being the yellow N one to the Mandalorian yeah, style N one. Yeah. There's going to be a moment where the dark saber becomes his thing or yeah. like, or maybe like 
maybe even the other way around like he becomes a true mandalorian and Mm -hmm. i think really like i don't want to go on another ramp but i do think that the difference between him and someone like moff gideon or pre visla is those two characters are like this is mine this belongs to me Mm -hmm. and i think that like that mentality because then jaren's not a confident individual if i had to guess you know what i mean like exactly he's deadly but he's not confident right like boba fett whenever they're walking in and the mandalorian needs help and bogaton kind of waves dinjarin off yeah and boba fett goes come on we don't need these two like yeah. that level of confidence from boba that's like screw them we'll do it ourselves yeah dinjarin doesn't have that level and yeah. he's gonna get there through something and that will he'll just be able to throw the dark saber back and forth between hands dude i totally agree i think uh that's a good point about the confidence thing he he's always He's always looking around and making sure, you know, what's going on. He's mm-hmm. not this like, I'm, I don't care who's looking, you know, he's yeah. always kind of cautious and very, he's, he's kind of like Luke on Bespin. Like, yeah, he's I know this is who I'm supposed to be, but I don't think I'm there yet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like doing some cool stuff, but the difference between Luke and five and Luke and six is night and day. Yeah. And it's 100%. going to be the same for Din and in, in seasons two Season and three, yeah. maybe, maybe partway through or something like that. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. Well, it has been awesome to have you on, bro. And I really hope that we can do this again. And um, we covered so much. I mean, this is this is definitely the longest episode of the podcast so far. So <laughs> we did do two most... though, in our defense. In our defense. We did do two. We did do two. Um episode four and five uh we i think we did a pretty good job breaking those down and um yeah uh i really appreciate you being on man chis ascendancy podcast yes sir Go check that out guys uh josiah thank you so much man and absolutely um, yeah is there anything else you want to plug as far as your social um, media um well okay so as if you go to our our page um a lot of times when you see episodes being posted you'll see the tag for fet ventures yeah and that's my star wars photography page and uh i've been doing remodel at the house so i've been doing as much of that but that's my photography page and um what i'm trying to do is still the longer podcast style episodes Mm -hmm. um but as you know brody i've been putting out uh, almost daily reels or shorts whatever you want to call them tiktoks yeah um talking about you know, here's an albino Wookiee you didn't know about. Here's how this character's story was different in Legends and Canon. So yeah. um, I'm doing more of that type of stuff. Um, ultimately, cool. my goal is to obviously grow the podcast, grow the following. And um, I would love to right now where I'm at, as far as uh, scheduling and finances and things like that, I'm not able to be at Celebration this year. Mm-hmm. And one of my tickets in was going to be if I get a media pass or if I get the podcast right. stage, things like that, where at least some of that trip would be covered by the program. Um, so my goal is I would love to do a podcast at celebration or media badge of celebration, or ultimately, like, even if I have to go to freaking, if Austin's doing a comic con here in Texas and they want to yeah. have somebody do a hosting there or whatever, but that'd be awesome. But yeah, just check out the podcast. Um, we have longer videos, and then we have those shorter reels and things like that. So that'll be dope. Awesome, man. Yeah, definitely go check him out, guys. Um, I appreciate you listening. Uh, this was a long one. Episode four and five we covered. Next week, we will be doing episode six with my buddy Jordan, um, who is Star Wars Parody on Instagram. 
um you know check me out on all the socials officially star wars officially simple man you can catch the video podcast on youtube at brody one kenobi um you can see our beautiful our beautiful mugs here and um (laughs) we'll catch you next week thanks josiah you bet